A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, welcome to Boys Don't Cry. I am Russell Kate. Well, I'm one of the Russells. We do, we're running tests to establish for definite which one I am, but initial evidence suggests I'm the annoying one that looks like Nick Grimshaw. Sadly, as the blonde one with cross eyes earns so much money. So I'm, I'm neither of the interesting Russells. I'm, I'm not even Russell Peters. The, the American one is even more interesting. I am, I am the one that looks like a pepperami. And I am the host of Boys Don't Cry, uh, the show where we force boys to talk about the things that women wished they would speak about. Sometimes it's bleak, sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's silly, and sometimes it's subjects right in the middle like today. It's a really, really important one, and I'm absolutely buzzing to have both return guests back. I've got Dane Baptiste, who I'm always happy to have in the house. Um, it's a all, pleasure to be here. I've never, just, I've, I've never known him to be short of an opinion. I think even when he's deceased, his, his corpse will continue to be able to generate opinions. I definitely will be like, Jesus, take a letter! <laughs> so, my musings and and a, and a returning lady auditor if you're new to the show we always have a female auditor because you know what it's like when boys start talking about what girls think they talk crap that isn't true and we have to make sure we've got a badass brazilian girl to kick our asses capoeira style we've got Layla Anna Lee Amen welcome back that. Layla. how are you doing I'm good <laughs> I'm so armed and ready to like tell you to shut the fuck up when shit goes That's wrong <laughs> but we need it so we're talking today, guys, about drum roll affection, um, all types of affection. It's a surprisingly triggering subject for men and women. Women often want more of it. Men often don't want to give it. There's often disagreement about what we mean by affection. There's disagreement about where the borders lie uh, between affection and sex. I mean, there is a sort of a Kashmiri region between the Republic of Sex and the Republic of Affection that will always be fought over. Uh, I probably shouldn't have used India and Pakistan's nuclear race to to make that image. Sorry, sorry to both respective countries. <laughs> totally inappropriate. I was, at least I didn't use Belfast because there was actual, you know, clear physical present danger. So I want to ask before we even get going, Dane Baptiste, one of the most cuddly, affectionate men I know. <laughs> Are you an affectionate man generally? Would you say? I I already became guarded at you describing me as an. <laughs> I was like, why is he saying that for what? Because I'm soft. <laughs> no, um, and I, I have probably learned uh, to be affectionate in like the last five years. Generally. And what about in relationships? Would you do, on a scale from one to ten, how affectionate are you as a boyfriend? Uh, I'm not sure if I can give you a numerical value, but it will take a lot for me to hold someone's hand in public. Indeed. The fact that you can't put a number to it shows progress. The old Dane would have gone 7.4. Like <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, let's take out the formula. <laughs> let's, let's work that out on a white ball, shall we? <laughs> um, so, Layla, um, 
you're, are you an affectionate person? You always seem really warm. Um, it, before we would have given each other COVID and killed each other, I would have got a nice warm hug off you. But now we can't even look at each other at screen without getting <laughs> Ebola or something. But um, would you say you're affectionate? Like over affectionate, if anything. I think there's a cultural Brazilian thing that I touch everyone and hug everyone and coronavirus has made it really inappropriate for me. So yeah, massively like turned up to 11 when it comes to affection. But in a... Um, in a very warm, natural, passionate way. But it does yeah. confuse people, I am aware and of we will, that. And we will definitely move on to that cultural stuff later, so hold that in the tank. But would you say, in a, you're, you're, ma you're married, right? Uh-huh. Would you say you're an affectionate partner and have yeah. been through all your relationships, you're a handhold, you give me a hug, don't care. Yeah, no, massively, me. like, sit on lap in restaurant, have zero shame, affectionate type person. <laughs> <laughs> Dane leaves the chat. Yeah, Dane, Dane. <laughs> Dave would run a fucking mile. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not eating here. Take my, my starter back. There's cavorting happening just, on your tables. Yeah, but that's not just in relationships. That's like with people I like and and just uh, I don't know. I think you know. I've I've even seen comments and in interviews I've done before where people are like, "Why do you keep touching him?" And it's like you know, with actually it depends on the sport. Sometimes you want to hold on to an athlete so they don't actually run away, and yeah. sometimes you're just like warm and being like oh my god yeah and high-fiving and touching on the back and da 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 like a lot of British not, people are obviously just like, don't touch me not if they're sprinters though that would seriously hold back their performance I want yeah. to hold you so you don't run the gun's gone you'd be arching <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be running. Oh, just one hug before you go. You say you just fucked up my world record, man. And, uh, Thankfully, I've so, not um, done that yet. Let's start. Let, let's start with the guys. So, so this is. I've always got my little studies that have been done from around the world. Men in long-term relationships need affection. Men with long-term partners need touch and affection to be happy in relationships. But say in general, touch is very important. While women also like physical gestures of affection, these gestures tended to be associated with increased satisfaction in their sexual activity. So back to front to what you might think, that particular study. I'm going to throw it out there right at the top. Women are more affectionate than men. They just are. And I'll be trolled for daring to have an opinion that's got something binary built into it. But on the whole, women are more affectionate than men. Right, Dane? Yeah, I think I, I, think, or I should probably say the feminine hemisphere of the brain is yes. more geared towards displays of affection uh, and that's expressed either with, uh, I guess, intimacy and that can be platonic or romantic as well as like maternal. So mm. I think that kind of uh, something, there's an intersectionality there of like maternal instinct or a nurturing instinct because I guess women are biologically predisposed to be able to take care of another human being and in a better way that men can. So, And how do you deal, are you currently in a long-term relationship, Dane, or not? Yeah. And I um and how do you deal with pub like a if your current partner if she were to uh, sit on your lap in a, in a restaurant or want to throw her arms around you and kiss you on the cheek and stuff or hold your hand in public or put her arm around you or have a snog under the Eiffel Tower you, would you do any of that? I'm I'm probably better at it now, but um, historically I would have been terrible. Um, it it would take a lot for me to kiss in public, but like holding someone's hand in public, even now, still takes a lot. But I've never been someone that puts his arm around somebody. Or holds them by the waist as a walk in because I like to walk quickly and people can't keep up. <laughs> He's got shit to do. I got, I've definitely got I got shit to do. Uh, I've got ADHD as well, and uh, yeah, I'm quite a fidgeter. <laughs> so being able to stay in the one embrace of somebody for a long term, I just naturally become uncomfortable. I, I, I uh, yeah. So I, I, what I put it down to is uh, when I'm a twin, and when I was born, uh, it's a difficult difficult pregnancy for my mother. So I was an incubator for three days. And you know they say with kids like, oh, just 
when you're bored in general, if you don't experience some level of human contact, like kids can go so far as dying. Um, I, I must have experienced some contact, but my, my, I didn't see my mum for like three days. And I feel like that isolation has had an effect on me where I'm like, I'm so comfortable with my own company sometimes that it's like, I don't think it's a conscious uh, effort to try and distance myself from people or be guarded, but just uh, it's never my, my to go to is to be uh, demonstrative, like be demonstrative and being affectionate towards mm. people. Dude, you've That's clearly right. thought this through and looked back because yeah. there are so many studies into exactly that and how now they're trying to avoid incubators where possible and to have something they call kangaroo care where they keep the baby on the chest of the mother to help with the heart rate, maintain the heart rate and the blood flow and all that sort of stuff. And, and I also have a heart murmur, so that's probably, yeah, because I also have a heart murmur, so... Yeah, super it, it interesting beats, yeah, but for you to regularly as dug well. back and connected that is just like it makes a lot of but, sense but that's, that's the thing yeah because i'm more i'm more analytical because i guess where i lack in affection i can be very analytical so if somebody has something wrong i definitely can read uh, emotions and physical cues or body language if someone's upset but i guess i'm so used to more logically uh, processing mm-hmm. and articulating my emotions that it comes across as quite cold towards people. You see, now I'd argue as well, like Russell, your um, your stat there and the study, is it is it the case that women like affection more? Is it the case that potentially women are more honest about it and women are more able and comfortable I was, with it? Well, that's what I was gonna, how I was gonna put the question to you because the stereotype is women are more affectionate than men. And if we got 100 women on this podcast and 100 men, the women would say they're more, affection, they're more affectionate. But is it conditioning or is it, as we've said, female hemisphere of the brain, destined, geared up, hardwired to do it. What do you think, Layla? 100% it's conditioning and it's environmental and it's years and years. You think of... it's 100% conditioning? Yeah, I do. Because when a- you even... have a baby boy or a baby girl, they both want cuddles, you know? And like you mm-hmm. even mentioned with the IV, um, with the incubator, like both need that physical um, contact. I don't think the gender or the sex of the baby makes a slight difference. Um, it is then about the environment and about how much you get and what you're comfortable with. Or if you have a dad that's like, oh, don't be, a, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's 100% environmental. I think humans are warm creatures that need affection regardless. And then we, you know, we adapt. Right. That's interesting. So um, we're saying that if men and women, it's not a cross-cultural feature. Like if we went to a rainforest tribe and untouched by a Western culture, and we went to somewhere in Australasia, and then we went to the middle of Germany to the capital Berlin, we don't think we would still see some similar patterns with women being more physically demonstrative in the affection realm than well, men. I think it depends I'm not on saying I'm not saying I'm not saying you're it. wrong. I'm just it's quite a strong thing you've said there to say it's a hundred percent nurture. Yeah. You may be right. I want you to be right, Leila. I'm a lefty. I've studied sociology. Yeah. I think um, when it comes to tribes, it depends on on their cultural as well, because they have so many of their own deep cultures of how they want to treat boys and girls and, and strength versus, you know, femininity. But I think if you have two kids, a girl and a boy, and you cuddle your little boy just like you cuddle your little girl, your boy will be as cuddly and want those that affection as much as your little girl will. Um, but if you treat your little girl like, oh, princess cutie, she needs a cuddle when she cries, and your boy like, hey, put your head up, stop crying, then what Indeed. are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, okay, so let's move on to affection that is displayed in a relationship, not just physically. Um, you could put it under the heading of romance, but I think you can be affectionate with gestures, romantic surprises. So instead of sending a big bunch of flowers from a distant land, just walking in with them, 
um, or even just a, a card that doesn't relate to anything. When was the last time you did that? I love you just because here's a card. Are you comfortable with that type of stuff, Dane? Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably a lot more of my what's referred to nowadays as love language. So I use that as an indicator of caring for somebody is that I will try and I like buy lots of spontaneous gifts. And like I said, I, I, I'm quite attentive and almost, and so I do listen to like cues where it's like if I was shopping with girlfriend and she sees something she likes or she refers to something in magazines, I always make a mental note of that and be able to surprise her with those kind of gifts and those things. So never fallen short of that. For me, yeah, so it's always like stuff like, you know, whether it's like, oh, I had a, I had a previous relationship where girlfriend's like, oh, I love Britney Spears. I'm not a fan, but at the time I was touring with Live Nation. So Is that when the relationship ended? <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, the relationship I mean, turned toxic. Hey. I think, maybe, maybe yeah, exactly. That was very good. That was very good. And uh, keep those coming. Lucky. <laughs> but yeah, it's the stuff like that. Even if I don't enjoy it, I can sort out a ticket for her and a friend to go yeah. and see a concert, that kind of thing as well. So I guess it, so far as tokens of affection, I'm very good with those. But then I think yeah, sometimes that's I, the word. I, use, I use them to offset actually displaying any kind of intimacy but that was more recently as well but um just even further to uh, Leila's point as well is that I think it's down to emotional intelligence as well and I think when we're kids depending on how you raise your kids people tend to encourage kinesthetic intelligence with young men more often like learn to like do sports and learn to be active and learn to be agile and emotional intelligence probably where women are more encouraged to display affection overtly happens a lot of time as well Hmm. Um, yeah. Dane is hitting I, this out of the park. I know, I know, I know. Wow, I know. I was, I'm loving I'll, listening I'll you, to you. So I was raised by women. So I was the first male in my generation. So all of my cues came from women anyway. And the only, I guess, the male, the main, main influence would have been my dad. And we had quite an interesting one because my dad, he moved to the UK when he was 15. And so I know. Oh, where, where from, Dane? Where from? So he moved, he moved from Grenada uh, when he was 15. To, he moved to South London. And. Uh, so then I kind of noticed almost when I was 15, not that he kind of dropped off, but uh, so far as how uh, intense, I guess, upbringing would have been, it kind of became a lot more, not so much vague, but I guess he uh, was a lot more hands-off in his approach, other than like having a curfew at 18. And, I, and you know, I rationed, because my dad, he was never like, hey, son, how was the game? Like, he's never been that kind of guy. Um <laughs> Why are you and speaking he, American, Dad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's never been that guy. And he's, and he's, he's also been—he's also never been—he's never really particularly verbose when it comes to just talking about stuff, anyway. And that's more—and I think that's more of a generational thing. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's like you know he got his uh, ideas of paternity up until a certain point. So everything he did up further to that was just you know him just trying to wing it basically. Hmm. And I feel like you know it's one of these things where I um, yeah I, I always understand that. So I, I always try to make an effort of processing emotions even if I'm not very good at displaying them but sometimes, I think sometimes that can happen at the expense can happen at the expense of another where I can be very analytical about the cost of appearing emotionally distant with people and what I tend to do again as well and I guess through an upbringing where there has been an emphasis on uh, provision and being able to provide for somebody uh, is that I tend to throw money at the problem and sometimes that can't always solve issues like if someone Absolutely. I care about has a problem I'll be like well what do you need I'll pay for it I'll pay for it I'll yeah. pay for it but it's like for example if my sister, for example, if she breaks up with her boyfriend, I can be like, cool, that's all right. I'll pay for your holiday. If you want to go somewhere, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. But there's a there's a hole that I can't fill mm-hmm. as, as a brother. And there's, that's sometimes where I think I have errors there. There's um, two la- things. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to ask you, Layla, just to finish on this tokens of affection idea. I think it's a brilliant phrase for it. Do you think this is one thing men are slightly better at in our culture or we're socialised to be? Or do you think girls are just as good at the 
I mean, I, I have had women buy flowers for me before. I didn't mind it, to be Aww. honest. Yeah. I, I, I think I don't women mind. are just I, as good. It's just not as obvious with choices. Like, we've not got a florist. Like, you know, buying flowers for guys isn't yeah. meant to be a it's, thing. It's weird, isn't it? Why, but, but why is it not a thing? Unless, unless you win an Olympic medal or you die, yeah, 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 women yeah. don't tend to buy you flowers. Dane, Dane's being thing. modest. He often had roses chucked at him at the end of his stand-up <laughs> shows. <laughs> I, I, I wish. I wish. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But I mean, do you know it's a weird thing as well? Because we, we, um, when you're discussing that, are we leaving out? Are we just talking from the perspective of cisgender heterosexual uh, uh, romantic paradigms? Because I feel like well, we are at the moment. But if you, yeah, please move I, it on. Because I feel I feel like that's a big part of it as well. Is that you know uh, even like even even like when it comes to tokens of affection and buying stuff like a lot of fear that is geared towards straight uh, men or cisgender heterosexual men tends to revolve around them around sexual conquest. Like you buy a car because women will like you. You use this um, deodorant because women will like you. You wear this because women will like you. As opposed to like, you know, just for the sake of aesthetic or enjoying it is more something that would be uh, geared towards like, you know, the homosexual community. So I feel like a lot of the time, like I don't think Lady was alluding to this, it's like there's a lot, there's very little you can get for a man in terms of terms of affection, which is evidenced by when it's Christmas time and it's like, oh, more underwear and socks. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, sports DVD or something I already saw. Yeah, yeah because very little... Uh, a very little commerce is geared towards uh, gratifying men emotionally anyway. Exactly. Every train Absolutely station is a florist. Every train station is a florist. There's some yeah, other things yeah. to buy chocolates, to buy this. So, you know, you're, it's, it's very easy to remind a straight romantic man to buy a girl who likes that kind of stuff 
that. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot of sort of encouraging options. And there were two things that you said that I wanted to touch on is one part is, you know, we're kind of mixing up the um, description of attention and affection. Do you know what I mean? Mm Because a lot of this, especially when you talk about with money, like that's attention, but maybe not necessarily affection. But then what's a better piece of affection than getting attention, right? Like literally the most affectionate thing you can do is just to sit and listen and be with someone. So Mm -hmm. it it can be a little bit of a mix up confusion between the two. But then also you touched on, on hard times and being able to provide. And I think there is a real... Um, conscious change when people have to send their kids to school for like eight hours a day and go to work for hours and end and then they come home and they're tired and da 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 versus someone who's in a, a less difficult situation and can be there to teach their kid Such and hug a, them off the bike. It's a really and... big it's a really big point it's a really big point because I, I wouldn't say like if you're going to discuss these mechanics for me personally for my observations I don't think you can leave like racism out of it because it's like my parents for example I, I'm almost 40. I've never seen my parents sit with each other in the same room my whole life. My whole life. Wow. They married for 40 years, but when they're watching TV, my mum watches TV upstairs, my dad watches TV downstairs. And this is for like myself and a lot of my peers. But the thing is, rather than being like, why can't you guys be more like the parents I see loving each other? It's the fact that these are two people that have to go out, like I do in my own line of work, having to rationalise their existence and their life, trying to thrive within a institutionally racist society. On top of that, my mother dealing with misogynoir as well. So that in itself can be very emotionally draining. And then to come home and try to find that same strength to provide a point of affection or attention to another human being, when you're just trying to get through it your fucking self, I feel like a lot of time that can affect people being able to overtly display emotion because, you know, if so much of your emotional currency is being spent just rationalising trauma, it's very hard to be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And, this, and, and, you know, in the same way that people... Everyone thinks, you know, comedy is about making people laugh. It's like, it's not just about making people laugh. It's that if what happens when it's like, I've had a death in the family and I've had traffic and the train's taken too long and someone said something to me on the way here and then I have to negate all of these feelings and then yeah. go on stage. That's and an analogy. That's laugh. an analogy for, romant- for romantic love. I mean, I do think, like, obviously I can't speak about the, the racial component, but I think you've raised something. I wasn't talking about it later, but let's do it now. There's definitely a class element to it. In, just in the, in the sheer fact of taking the institutional prejudice out of it, however knackered you are just from making ends meet, that sort of taking energy budget yeah. out of producing flowers in a Zorro mask or descending the side of a building with a box of chocolates, it's like, fuck, you know, you can wake me off if you want, I'm knackered. That's about as much as you're going to manage. <laughs> like, I don't mean to be coarse, but that's where it ends yeah. up. That's, that's it. It's, 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 literally, it's the, literally the fatigue of just going day to day that, you know, for a lot of people, like, being able to enjoy affection and display affection is a privilege that not everyone gets to enjoy. In the same way that, like, if I look at a very well-to-do woman, it's like, oh, she's so beautiful. It's like, she may not be more classically beautiful than... But for a woman that's had to, like, do her makeup on the train, she maybe look better than her because it's much harder to, like, maintain your looks when you've had to do it on the train mm. and in the cold and the rain and, and then work for eight I, hours, then commute home an hour and a half and then maintain all that. Like, you might not it's, feel it's like... It's even worse now because obviously wearing a mask, you'd end up with your lipstick on the front of the mask and then you've got, like, a weird clown mouth yeah, over a go. mask. Now you've got to wear, you've got to wear buy a matte one and you buy a matte gloss that doesn't run or does, is that, you know, is not going to stain or anything like that. And then your boyfriend doesn't even notice. <laughs> I like the way you're annoyed on their behalf. Let's just, talk, let's, um, let's, oh, Layla, I just want to ask you this, this provocative question. Do you think Ooh. men tend to be more affectionate when they want something? We know there are loads of good men out there that are affectionate lots of the time. But if we took a hundred people who are being affectionate because they want something, 
Are they more likely to be male? That's a better question. And is that thing often a shag? Even let's let's keep it uncontroversial. Long term relationship. I will put my hand up. Not proud of it. Definitely more affectionate when I'm feeling randy. I love you so much. You're the perfect wife. What's actually going on in in the back shop? Is <laughs> this glass of ice and water is the best glass I have ever had, baby? What are you putting this? Is it your here, own give, sweat? I bet it here, is. Give me a hug. Delicious. I would, I would pull the the gender okay. out of it again and just say that every single person knows that their sexual power can get them what they want, and I think all people, not all people, but a lot of people. Um, can actually use that to get what they want and know that that being an object of affection of someone means that they're going to be more wrapped around your finger than you might you know feel comfortable with or that you want so again I don't think gender comes into it I think it's Mm -hmm. just about an element of manipulation and control and it works to extend what you're saying though I think that a lot of time it's more frequent that men it's really sexual gratification is normally their impetus to change who they are and because so, that, that tends to be quite a big focus for men, but that doesn't mean that we're yeah. not doing it every minute for like to get out of a penalty on parking in the wrong space right. or to like get a gig or to like, you know, how, how, how can we say women aren't doing it on the daily too in a slightly different way? But that's why, that's why I believe prostitution is the oldest profession in the world because it's the one instance whereby instead of you having a system of commerce for goods and service that people both mutually need, that's the one thing where all you want to use sex for is for gratification. And so, yeah, I think it's always going to be that kind of power exchange where there are so many other elements to the act of sex that don't involve the sex itself. So it's everything around it. Well, you and said... I just think with men, it's, it's, the, it's more of the end, whereas I think with women, it can be a means to an end. Like, women can effectively use sex because by use, this can, you know, get me out of a parking ticket. Or it means, sometimes it can be just so this guy doesn't stop trying to sleep with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, just, there, are so, just, there are so many, like... Just sleep with you so that you leave just, me alone. Just leave me the fuck alone. One big shag. <laughs> <laughs> one big shag, like an immunisation One big shag, shag whereas... <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like, a, it's like a means it's like a means to an end whereas i think with men a lot of time sexual gratification and all of the i guess dopamine and other esoteric rewards is the end is the end you know what so, dane i loved real quick what you spoke about earlier on terms of emotional currency like that blew my mind it makes so much sense to have a sort of limit of emotional currency but also you could use that same term for this sort of sexual currency in the way that yeah, like absolutely. you know if i flirt with you a bit do i get what i want and if you know i yeah so i think there's a sexual currency that people can use um and everyone does and i it's not a bad thing like we're looking no, at no no like it's, 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 it's a natural it's a natural exchange i mean people nowadays refer to it as an energy exchange but it's even like for me it's like previously before if I meet a girl I date a girl and she's like well I'm not going to sleep with you on the first night like I might know she <laughs> will but I'm still prepared <laughs> to go to do the dance because yeah but at the same time there's like I said I'm, I'm aware of the etiquette that is involved there that there's a certain power shift stuff like that is that it's not that she's not attracted to me but there has to be some display of valuing this person's humanity before their body first so you do you do that dance in that respect <laughs> So, just to fantastic. I mean, this is an absolute belter. We're going to run out of time here, but um, just um, bringing it back to affection just for a second. I had a suspicion that, particularly in long term relationships, um, women are more comfortable with affection, even a kiss and a cuddle that doesn't lead to sex, whereas men tend to initiate more affection when they're looking for sex. And indeed, this has been studied. It wasn't just my suspicion. And indeed, men initiate sex more when they're in love. Okay, so when men felt more in love, they were indeed more likely to initiate sex, whereas the more a woman feels in love, 
the less likely she is to need to take it to the filthy place. After the initial shagfest of the first, obviously the first six months, where basically a... T- <laughs> Well, basically, the first six months is basically human centipede, isn't it? Honey, yeah. Honey, honey the, the, the first six months is human centipede. Absolutely, <laughs> but absolutely. After the, after that, absolutely. a girl. It is. It, it's the first day of sex ed at school. It's like right. So once that once that subsided, if you're really loved yeah. up with the glowing love heart emoji eyes, a woman is more likely to want to get into that one. Thing. Can't we just cuddle in your movie tonight? Whereas a man is like feels that cuddle and he's like, show up. I'm gonna ready to go again. Um, do you know what you're saying? I think is it that it, that women are more satisfied yes, by affection I think that's alone, what I'm saying. Yes, whereas yes, men, yes. yeah, affection just fucking turns them on yes. and leads on to more, and then it's you put just it better than I have. Is, but do you disagree with that, Layla, or not? <laughs> no, no, sorry, I'm boring. <laughs> I right, um, obviously yeah. not for no, everyone not for all everyone. the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. But um, yeah, I think generally you've got to be a, you've got to have a real careful balance of affection if you want to hug and you don't want it to go more places. You know, like if you're tired and you just want to cuddle and you want to do some romantic shit, but you need to like have a line because no, that's not happening tonight. You need to be pretty clear about it because it can confuse men. Dane, yeah, I mean, I think I, I also agree with the theory. I think it's down to it's very, I think it's very much down to communication and stuff as well, though. But I think it goes back to what I was saying before: is that like I said for women. Uh, or I guess for the feminine I want to say is that sex is a mean to an end and I say that because again because the feminine does uh, usually predispose to like a high emotional intelligence I think women just arrive at a space where they realise that there is greater uh, gratification from intimacy Mm. more than just sex alone because for most men for all of the you know uh, angling towards getting sexual gratification through congress once you orgasm now it's like well why am I here so and that, and that's basically, and that's and that's and that's what it sometimes it takes for a lot of men, you know, like I said, for slightly more is that they don't realise it's the it's the the partner who, you know, you want to be around after you post orgasm, that really you'll be able to observe intimacy with because a lot of people, like I said, it's a means to an end where once he once a man exactly. he comes, I've already ch- he goes, and that's emotionally, that's psychologically, that's physically and stuff as well. Like I said. Like, exactly. Check, check in. Is it surging? Uh, do you know what? I will have a cuddle because Uber's surging. It's on 1.6. I'm not made of money. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if Uber's on 1.6, I'm as affectionate as fuck. <laughs> when, you, when you said about men's, no, I mean, men's, men's thinking sexual bolt. release in Congress, yeah. all I could think about was Bill Clinton. He nailed that. And, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I just, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's almost as well due to the fact that I just think women have an exposure to the paradigm of, uh, you know, sexual conquest before men do, you know, then there's, there's a good or bad to that. Like once women look visually and sometimes when they're not, but another way of putting it, not without being too grim is that, you know, before the age of 19, 90% of women experience some form of sexual trauma or another. So you can be a 15 year old woman and never been with a man before, but he will scream from a scaffold or send you a salubrious text message or, you know, approach you or touch your shoulder in a way whereby you become a lot more aware, whether through your own volition or not, of intimacy. Whereas men, we don't have the same kind of pressure. So women probably learn to rationalise and process ideas about sexual attraction and intimacy Mate, much quicker than men day, have to. Day. So a lot of the time we just end up working this shit yeah. up too fucking late. So I don't, I don't think it's that men just want sex. It's just that just more stunt, it's just more stunted development. So by the time you get to the point, most men, it takes for them to break up with their girlfriend to realise that it's more about her just being here Peace. than having someone to have sex with. 
Because then when they break up with their girlfriend, guys, it's like they talk about their dick like it's a fucking key. And it's like, well, all these women you can have sex with, and it's like, yeah, but my dick is used to that vagina I was with for five years. I'm not sure if I'm ready to blah, 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 blah. But Dane, you are on it. Slow on the uptake. Russell Kane, you did not no, need well, a did... woman to sort of verify this chat today because you have, have Dane Baptiste. What a voice for f- feminism right there. I love it. I was going to call him the Panani Professor, and then it sort of under. He undercuts everything he said. Just take it right back down. And I think think that name's already taken as well. I guarantee that name is taken somewhere. (laughs) Right, let's get... Do you know what, Layla? You know what is, Layla? It's because the first time I had my heart broken, I sat down and fucking studied love. Mate. I was trying to work out. Jane, have you done done a stand-up show about this? About heartbreak? You need to do a heart. No, no, you no need because to do so many people fucking do. Up. Yeah, but I've not really but, heard a man speak like that. So, but also anyway. something you said really early on is you were brought mm. up around women, so you were given that emotional intelligence. I see, and I've seen the other side of it. So where men can flippantly try and you know inhibit their emotions or not pursue anything long term, like you see the other side of it. So it's like, do you want to be that kind of person that makes your cousins and your sisters and your aunts cry? You don't want to be that person, number one. But really, it's because of the fact that, you know, even our musings that we have today, like even the fact that we're having open conversations today about men's feelings and how we process issues and affairs of the heart, women have been fucking doing this shit before they're even 17 with diaries and talking amongst friends or womb circles and stuff. So most men is like, I had my heart broken once. No one is ever getting a chance again. Rap music and drink and bottles and models and guns. (laughs) Women have had five or six heartbreaks before they're fucking 17 and they're still expected to be open to you and and still be able to display the same pathology of affection and intimacy, whether it's sexual or platonic, despite all this previous trauma. All right, guys, we're going to take a break there. That's the end of part one. Do keep listening. There's plenty more affection to dish out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 